0: welcome to the healthful woman podcast the fastest growing podcast in women's health today's monday july 10th 2023 today's podcast is a redrop of a high-risk birth story we dropped back in march of 2021 this is the birth story of melanie kuhl melanie and i go way back we met over 10 years ago when she came to our practice for the pregnancy and birth of her son garrett the birth story you're going to hear melanie tell today is the story of the birth of her twin boys who were carried by a gestational carrier in Milwaukee, hence the strange title for this podcast. It's a great story and fortunately, a happy one. You'll note that we spent a little bit of time talking about COVID as we recorded this in March of 2021, about a year after I saw her last, which is right when COVID started. All right, reminder for all you listening on Apple or Spotify, we would really appreciate it if you could rate this podcast, preferably with five stars. Also, Reminder, please email us with any questions you might have for our mailbag podcast. We've been getting a lot of great questions and we have another one coming up next week. So keep the questions coming. To send them in, you can email us directly at at hw.healthfulwoman.com or you can go to our website, www.healthfulwoman.com and click on the link that says, send us your questions. Thanks for listening. See y'all next week. Welcome to today's episode of Healthful Woman, a podcast designed to explore topics in women's health at all stages of life. I'm your host, Dr. Nathan Fox, an OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist practicing in New York City. At Helpful Woman, I speak with leaders in the field to help you learn more about women's health, pregnancy, and wellness. Melanie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's so nice to see you.
1: I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: We were talking before how the last time we saw each other in person was like, literally a year ago, like to the day. Almost exactly. some, some sometime in mid March of last year. And I remember you came in and we're talking and you're like, What's gonna be with this COVID thing? Right Yes.
1: And <laughs> I believe you said to me, it's not gonna be anything. It's gonna be like the flu, don't worry. He's like,
0: no, it's fine. <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen. It's gonna be like it's gonna blow right through us. No big deal. Yet, yeah, I got that one wrong. Yes. So you did. but not a great prediction. But it was like in in my defense, it was before the world exploded, when people were not really sure what was going on with that. The interesting thing is it's a year later, and when you were here, I was recording, and that was really like one of our first recordings, because we're coming up on our year anniversary in two weeks, literally. So it's, it's unbelievable. It took a year. Crazy. I know, and
1: I was so excited when I saw the studio and I said, Maybe one day I'll come in and do a podcast with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and since that time you've fled the city. I have. <laughs> you went to New Jersey. I'm
1: embarrassed to say it's true.
0: <laughs> you're you're embarrassed to be in the same state as where I live. <laughs> yes. So that's I'll, cool.
1: <laughs> I'll be back. We'll be back.
0: <laughs> come back to City. But definitely we've been obviously we've known each other a long time, and you know that I adore you and your family, and it's been awesome taking care of you, knowing you, and you have such an amazing story and you have such a nice you know, attitude about life and about family, about everything that I'm really happy to have you here.
1: Thanks. I'm excited.
0: (laughs) First of all, how are you doing? How has your year been? How is life in New Jersey? How are the kids?
1: So thank God. I really, it's been an interesting year. Like it has been for everyone, but we're good. We're healthy. And, um, we're hoping that soon there will be some normalcy. Mm-hmm. And I think like everyone else, there's definitely been rough moments, but there's been a lot of good that's come out of this. We've had a lot of family time, some for better, some for worse. And yes, being in New Jersey has been an experience too. It's been really great in a lot of ways. And we're also looking forward to coming back to New York.
0: So we're going to focus on your twins who were born in 2016, but to set that up, tell us a little bit about your you know, story in terms of you know, getting pregnant and fertility and how, you know, what led you to that?
1: I got married in the fall of 2004. By 2005, I was really already thinking about having a family. Basically spent a lot of years going through fertility treatments, you know, starting with IUIs, getting to IVF going through a lot of IVF cycles. Did
0: they have a sense why you needed to do IVF? Was there any like reason or was just one of these unexplained? Because you're young, you're healthy. I mean, at the time, you're in your, you're in your 20s, right? I was. I was yeah. in my
1: 20s. There yeah. was no reason. Um, it's still, to date, unexplained. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Really no reason why any of this ever happened. Thankfully, after many years, and that was my time with you when I started yeah. going through IVF, got pregnant with my son, Garrett.
0: Right. And so- by the time you got pregnant with Garrett, which was an IVF pregnancy and you delivered in twenty eleven. Yes. So you got pregnant at the beginning of twenty eleven. Yes. So we're talking, you know, a lot tw- of years. ten years ago basically. Yes. But prior to that, you had I mean, how how many IVF cycles would you guess before you got pregnant with him?
1: I think I did I think it was seven IVF cycles, actually. I believe there were some that didn't work. There were some that ended in miscarriage. There were a couple that ended in you know, a biochemical pregnancy, right. which is right. basically when the pregnancy ends within a few days of right. beginning. Yeah, it was hard. It was all hard.
0: Yes. I mean, you're, you're pregnant in 2011. It's an IVF pregnancy. You had, I think, according to our records, you had four pregnancies before total that all you know miscarried at some point. And in that pregnancy, what was it like? Again, you know, at that time, you're pregnant. It's like, oh, my God, like it, I did a miscarriage working out. Were you were you like super duper happy or terrified?
1: I think both. Uh-huh. I was terrified every time I came to this office, which wasn't this office. Then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every time I came to the office, I was terrified. I mean, having gone through that before. Unfortunately, going through pregnancy is different than if you've never had a miscarriage because you're always a little bit waiting for the other shoe to drop, Right, but also wanting to be hopeful and wanting to have faith that maybe this will be the time that works.
0: Right. By that time, were you already doing your IVF in Colorado?
1: So yes, yeah. I actually did. This was my first IVF cycle that I went to CCRM in Colorado. Right. Um, I got pregnant with Garrett, and then I came here where I could be in, you know- This your care, and every time I came, I have to say, doctors here will probably remember. Also, there was always something that seemed
0: to be wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, the pregnancy was. uh, It wasn't a disaster, but it was interesting. Yes, but I'm I'm just curious. How did you even make that decision to go out of state to go to Colorado? I mean, there's obviously wonderful fertility centers in New York City, but you know, you and we've had other patients who've gone to see serum in Colorado. How did that? Happened like who told you to go there? So,
1: I went to a couple of great clinics in New York and nothing seemed to be working for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. I felt like I needed to do something differently, Uh and honestly, at the time I looked online and I just was looking in chat rooms and looking searching anything you know about where would be the best clinic for someone who had really had challenges in the past. And you know, CCRM just kept coming up, Mm -hmm. and my husband thought I was crazy because he said. We live in Manhattan. Right. There's no way that you have to go to Lone Tree, Colorado to get pregnant. I mean, I had been looking at this for a couple of years by the time I said, I'm going, I think this is what I need to do to feel like either I'm gonna be pregnant or I'm not, but this is this is it. I wanna go try this. And we went. And, you know, thank God we did because it, it did work out.
0: Wow. So I know in that pregnancy from from my recollection, you were on blood thinners. The the baby had a, a two-vessel umbilical cord, yes. which was, you know, again, small scare. You had gestational diabetes, yep. high fluid.
1: Every single time I came <laughs> here, baby, you guys right. half laughed at me and half said, like, I'm really sorry, but there's just one thing we see here. I never, never came in where you said... This looks great. This is a great visit. Just get out of here. Go have a good time. It, yeah. Everything's
0: perfect. Yeah. One, let's just talk about Every one thing. Every single right? time. And then, and he was, you know, estimated to be like 150 pounds yes, at birth, yes, right? You were carrying around was. a map truck inside of you and you're, you're a little thing <laughs> and you were carrying around a giant, huge baby. What He was like, he
1: was, he was born nine pounds, 10 ounces.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, ironically, in the beginning, everyone was worried about him being, having low birth weight. And right. that was because of his two-vessel cord. Yeah, you had
0: risk factors for low birth weight. Right. That, that suddenly, like I'm saying, we just hope yeah.
1: he grows. And then he came out, he was almost 10 pounds. So yeah. like a three-month-old. Yeah.
0: Old. We weren't surprised by the time you delivered. It's, yes. it's early in price. It's it's oh, true. you know, the IVF and the two-vessel cord, your risk factor a small baby. But yes. then, no, he really, you went the other way on that one. I did. I
1: did. <laughs> and thank goodness.
0: Right. So he, so, so he was born. You put on a backpack, sent him to kindergarten. <laughs> At that time, okay. And then, so so he's born. You you ended up with a C section. Was that something that was uh, upsetting to you, or was fine, or you know how'd you feel about? You know
1: what? I again, I think that everything has to do with perspective. Right. And for me, I didn't care. Like I, I think I started telling you somewhere around thirty three or thirty four weeks. Like I just want you to right. take him out, and right. you kept telling me no. This, he's not ready to come out. <laughs>
0: 33 and I said, Two no, no, I've
1: seen babies yeah. are born and they're okay. Like, I just want him to be healthy. I want to be alive. I want him to be alive. I just want us all to be okay. And I felt like with every passing week, I was pressing my luck. But, you know, then when you told me we're going to have to do a C-section, I just said, like, whatever is the best way to get this baby out and for him to be healthy,
0: do what you have to do. I mean, by that point with you, I probably could have said where we have to like <laughs> take him out and cut off your left leg. You'd be fine. Do it. It's fine. I only need one leg. It's okay. Whatever, whatever you got to do, just do it. Deliver this baby. I was so
1: grateful just to get to the end of the pregnancy and to have made it that far that anything you said, I probably would have said, don't worry. I've got it. I'll do it.
0: After he's born. So your mom, you have your baby. He's perfect again. Enormous, but perfect. Yes. How was that at that time? Was it just like awesome. It was know, awesome. It Finally, after all that time.
1: He happened to be a very challenging baby. Uh-huh. And I kept saying if I like wanted him for one day less than six years, I would complain. But I really couldn't complain. I really felt just elated. I mean, probably how most parents feel when they first become a parent. Yeah. And then that feeling like on crack. Yeah. Because I just really couldn't believe it. I mean, now he's almost his nine and a half. And I still have to say, even though it's cliche, I truly look at him every day and I can't believe that he made it. And I can't believe that the twins made it either. I right. I do think that going through that fertility as hard as it was gives you perspective and makes you really boil down to what you feel is important. I just wanted to have healthy, a healthy, healthy baby, a healthy family. So, yeah, it was hard just like for any new mom. And now I talk to new moms also who have been through the fertility process. And I think with that comes some guilt in wanting to complain and saying, like, I'm tired. But can you complain after you wanted this for so long? Right. I think what I've really found is, like, they're not mutually exclusive. And you can be tired and it can be hard and babies can cry. And you can feel like, how am I going to make it through the day? And you can also feel so grateful that you're now in this place where you have yeah. a crying baby basically.
0: Yeah. Listen, it's like that in life. I mean, every day is a blessing in yeah. life, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that things aren't going to be difficult or annoying or things you complain about. I mean, there's no one on earth who never complains about anything. True. I mean, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, it's just about, you know, to what degree yes. and whether you have that perspective yes. or not. Yes. And so how long was it after he was born that you got the bug that you wanted to get pregnant again? Was it like immediately like, oh, I got to do this again? Or or were you not even sure? Because it was so hard to get pregnant.
1: So I knew I wanted to try to have another baby. Uh I went back to doing IVF again about like maybe 15 months later. Like I wanted to give him a chance. And I was, you know, trying to deal with a newborn. And I wanted to get to enjoy him before I put my head back in that
0: fertility game. Plus, even if it worked out perfectly, right? If you got pregnant the first time and this or that. They would be ballparked two years apart, which is sort of how a lot of people yes. plan their families if they could. Yes. So yes. okay, that makes a lot of sense. So yes. he's a year, or fifteen months, yes. and you, you start so going that, back.
1: And I went back and did another retrieval, and then basically what happens is that I went to do a transfer. It didn't work. No miscarriage, no pregnancy, nothing, zero. You know, I did this again a few months later, geared up in Colorado again, went back, did another transfer. It didn't work, and then at that point the doctor said to me. Like, listen, we can keep doing this because there is right. no reason. Right.
0: Right. He's like, I got a vacation yeah. home paid like, for. So <laughs> whatever, I could get another one, right? Going. So we can keep doing this. The more
1: you do this, <laughs> the better. And even he really said, like, I can't, I can't explain why this is happening, but I also can't explain how you got Garrett. Like right. he said, I, I don't it's a miracle that he is here, but at the same time, you know. You've maybe done ten transfers. You have one baby. That's amazing, but right. like statistically, yeah, it's not great. And we don't know how long this is going to take. And he really encouraged me to start thinking about using a gestational carrier. Right. So he thought
0: there was something, whatever it was, because it was unexplained. Yeah. Because you again, you're healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfectly right. fine. You're right. you know, you're in good shape. You know all is well, yeah. and it's just not working. So the thought is maybe have a different uterus, right? Have someone else. Maybe it's because for whatever reason, your body's not carrying the pregnancy. Again, why that is, who the hell knows? Like, it just doesn't, we don't understand these things. And so they're just trying something else. When he first brought that up to you the first time, was it something you'd already thought about? Or was it like, whoa, like, what are you talking about?
1: So- Like, really, maybe three years earlier, when I was having trouble getting pregnant with my oldest son, a doctor had brought that up to me. And so it had been in the back of my head anyway. My husband was much more apprehensive about that. He had like a lot of concerns. And I, at the time, also was concerned about like, what did that look like? And what would it be like? We didn't know anyone who had done this. So, right before I got pregnant, I had been interviewing agencies. And so I had sort of wrapped my head around the idea this might be a route that I would go. Then having had Garrett and again, having been lucky enough to have been pregnant, I really was okay with it. Now I just wanted to like, you know, complete my family and for me and everyone is obviously different. This was like a means to an end. I was like, I want to have this family. I want to do whatever I can to make this happen. If it can and if not, then not. So I had already had it in the back of my head that I right. he might come to this.
0: Got it. So when he brought it up, it wasn't like dropping a bomb on you. It's just like, okay, let's let's reopen that book.
1: Honestly, when I went to Colorado and got pregnant on my first IVF cycle, I right. thought I sort of like had it in right, the bag. Right, I'm cured. Yeah. Right, stupidly, because yeah. no matter how many times you go through this, you still wake up. and My like,
0: embryos are in Colorado. Exactly, yeah. like
1: I'm going, this is good, we're good to go. That isn't what happened. But again, like I guess I had taken out the idea of it being so strange, which is I think what a lot of people think. Right. I had sort of come to grips with the idea of it altogether. Was
0: that yes. your... Uh- initial when you said that there was some hesitation initially, was it more just the oddity of it? Or was it a, a concern like financial, medical, social? Like what was it that was that was causing you hesitation?
1: I mean, I I think a little bit of everything. I know my husband was like, well, can they keep the baby? Could that happen? And So like legal type yes, of stuff. Yeah. Which, okay. like everyone sort of, I think generally know that does not happen. And everyone sort of reassured us that every single step is taken to make sure that's not yeah, anywhere. Including
0: what state you do it in. Of course. In. Right.
1: Of course, yes. Being in a state, using a really good right. all of the things that are put in place for that. I think yes, it was just the oddity of it. And even now where for me this has become so like normal. Right. I think that people like still sometimes will look at me like it's so strange or like say, yeah. do you still talk to her? her. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I still keep in touch with her and she's wonderful. And right. they see it as so strange. And I really feel like this person did this amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, people who've been through it and it worked out and have a baby, clearly they're going to be colored and that it's awesome. Right. Because yes. this gave yes. them a child and people who haven't, it is, it's an unusual thing to wrap your head around, obviously, if you're not in that world. But when you were either the first time around or then after Garrett was born, you're doing it again. Were you telling people in your family and friends that this was something you're considering or was you sort of keep it just, you know, between the two of you? No.
1: So we had our family involved in all of this and a very right. close handful of friends right. who knew this was something right. that was on the table. And me. <laughs> Obviously, you're always the first person. I mean, I have texted you from all over the yeah. country saying, yeah. "This is what's going on. What do you think? This is what's happening. What do you think?" You're my first phone call.
0: Love it, love it. Like, like, like your lawyer to you get arrested. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll I'm take like, it.
1: I need one call. I, I tell call people Dr. that when they're
0: Fox. pregnant. I was like, I was like, "We're your first call if anything happens. Like your lawyer if you get arrested. Say, it's true. You know, you you start bleeding. You get a headache. You get a cold. Something's up. Call Don't us call first. your mom. Yeah, call, call us first. Right. Okay. And were they were they like? very supportive or were they a little bit ambivalent about it or were they negative i'm just curious what was their response the people who you're close to and you're telling it uh, telling them that you're considering this i
1: think the people that i was close to for the most part were supportive i listen i think everyone was a little bit weirded out by the idea that like you're gonna have your baby growing like in a different state across the country and what does that look like and Mm -hmm. what does that mean and you know they were concerned probably for me more than anything else, but they also knew how much research I did and how dedicated I was to m- trying to make this happen. Had they
0: even heard about this before? I mean, because, you know, we're talking about, you know, four or five years ago. It's a, it's different from today. It is. Uh, it's more, it, it wasn't so uncommon then, and it's still not that common now, but it has grown yes. in terms of numbers. And so more people have, more people know people yes. who've had babies yes. through surrogates yes. or gestational carriers. But at the time- Maybe they would never even heard of anybody who'd done this before.
1: I know, so that's what was so nice. Like, I remember my mom reaching out to a, a, like a distant cousin, and she said, she said you can call her and you can talk to her about what that was like. And my pediatrician knew someone when I talked to him about it, and he said, why don't you call this woman? She went through the process, and I think that made it more normal for me. And you know, now obviously fast forward, right. I feel like that's what I really try to do for people, sure. and why I'm here talking to you is yeah. just because I feel like I can normalize the process for people yeah. on the experience. And, you know, I think obviously people feel different ways about everything, but I think that the idea of finding someone you can trust and obviously being able to relinquish a lot of control, yeah, you know, that's the biggest
0: issue. And so in order to do it, did you already have embryos? You I did. didn't have to undergo IVF again in order to have a carrier. You just, you had these embryos yes. that are- hanging out in Colorado, yes, they're yes, whatever, skiing. drinking hot chocolate, yes. going skiing They're you know, they're there, exactly. they're, they're in the cold weather, they're frozen. Yes. And you're like, okay, and we're going to put them in somebody else. How did you find your carrier? I assume it's through an agency we of some did. sort. We did. We used an agency. And how did you choose one?
1: We used an agency. I basically filled out a questionnaire mm-hmm. about everything from, you know, some people feel really strongly that they want to have someone who's you know, it has to be in a surrogate friendly state. But let's say I could have said I need someone in Pennsylvania. I want to be able to go to every appointment.
0: Right. To drive. That's not something of fly. I felt right. strongly about. Right.
1: How do you feel about reduction? How do you feel about, you know, terminating a pregnancy? Had all of these things like medical and then just lifestyle. How do you see your relationship being during the pregnancy? Are you going to be keeping in touch with this person? You know, what do you see? Which is a hard question to answer after this baby is hopefully born. You know, what do you see your relationship being? And then basically the carriers are filling out the same information and they're trying to match you based on your personality, based on how you answer all these questions. And at the time it took like four or five months to find someone who we could interview on the phone. We had like a Skype meeting. Is
0: that a, is that a normal length of time to find somebody? You know,
1: now, so I talk to people now often, and it depends, I think, on the agency. It depends on how particular you are in terms of what you're looking for. I think there are a lot of factors.
0: Right. That... Were you particular? I don't, I'm don't. i curious. I don't think I ever asked you that.
1: I mean, the only thing I was particular about were medical
0: Yeah, you want her to be healthy. I wanted to know
1: that I want her to be healthy. I wanted to know that if, God forbid, there was something wrong, like, you know, no matter what you sign, basically, you can't force someone to do anything medically. And so I wanted to know that she would do whatever needed to be done, you know, based on whatever I felt. And someone had said to me, which was good advice, when you talk to a carrier, what you basically want to hear is like, this is your pregnancy and it's just my body and whatever decisions you make, like, I will support them. Right. And I think that is the best thing. Like, it really is hopefully someone who's going to help you grow your family and who's going to, you know, be in it with you, but at the end of the day, like, defer to you for making any important right.
0: And decisions. then I know that you, you chose your carrier, but ultimately you used a different carrier, right? So-
1: unfortunately, we, yeah. we had a carrier who we really liked so much. She was wonderful. Um, we spoke to her. We actually flew out to Colorado and spent a day with her and her husband. They were wonderful. wonderful Where were wonderful, they from? Family. They were in Colorado. Okay. Um, and the very long story short is, unfortunately, she ended up getting you know pregnant on her first transfer and then miscarried at around um, 10 and a half or 11 weeks, after which we thought about switching and the doctors really advised us and said, Sort of everyone has a miscarriage. It could be a fluke.
0: Right. I think you should stick with her. Right. You found someone. It took four months. Exactly. Like, yeah, you like, like you her. You want to really yeah. start this
1: again. And yeah. at the time, you do feel vulnerable. And, sure. And um, I didn't want to start the whole process again. It, we really did have a nice connection. We did this again. And unfortunately, basically the same thing happened. You know, we had a heartbeat at whatever, six yeah. weeks, eight weeks. And then at 10 weeks, there was no heartbeat.
0: What was that like? I mean, in your end, is it just like... I So mean-
1: <laughs> I'll say... That this was really like when she miscarried the first time, it was really like the lowest point of my whole fertility experience.
0: Right. You're like, like why me? Like What's going on I here? I
1: really felt like there had been a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of obstacles. And I really hung in there in terms of having faith and believing that this would work out ultimately, whatever that meant. Right. And when she got pregnant, I felt like, okay, we found. Right. Done. That's it. Yeah. Like, she's pregnant. Her first transfer. Who, yeah. Whoever heard of this, this is amazing. And she'll be pregnant and we'll go get the baby. And sort of that'll be that like we'll have our family completed
0: right so were and- you only planning on doing this once to have a second yeah, child yes. yeah okay I mean, in my
1: head then i think like i sort of always said like i have a big family and my husband would say okay you want four kids i think now you should start to think about three kids are oh, you on three kids you should probably think about just having two kids right and then he was like it looks like we might have one kid which yeah. is okay too yeah like, of course you know all of these possibilities exist yeah but yes at this point between the cost of it and yeah. the investing of Time and emotion I think in my head I felt like if we can get one busy, and done
0: yeah right okay
1: um so yeah so when she miscarried and I had actually gone to Colorado unfortunately to like be there for the nucle, and when she miscarried I was shocked I mean it was I called you from the airport this is true yeah. I think it was really one of my first phone calls I really just I couldn't believe it happened
0: she must have also been so so she was apologetic in a sense like she
1: felt awful yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I mean the carriers yeah awful. they 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 we we interv- I interviewed a carrier um, for an earlier podcast and I'd never really spoken to a carrier before other than once I saw one as a consultation but the the, the attitude she had, I, I always sort of assumed that these are women who did it because you know they're like I, I knew my pregnancies were fine and it's it's good money and I'll do it but she's saying that the majority of them do it because they're just good people yes. I mean obviously they they do get paid yes. and, and it's it's it is good money but yes. She's like, there's better ways to make money. You know, yes. they're just good people. They're like, I went through this and I really want to help somebody. And they're just like amazing humans. That has humans. been my experience. And so yes. I can imagine how like upset she would be that here you are, this family she's trying to help. Yes. And, you know, it's not her fault, obviously, but she's going to say, oh my God, I can't believe it's happened te- to you. I mean, yeah. oh.
1: it was terrible. She was crying. I was crying. We were all crying. It was, I had brought my like closest friend, one of my closest friends with me so, for support. And thank goodness she came with me. But I, we were, it was, I mean, it was a mess. It was a mess. And you know, in that moment, you just feel like finally things were moving in a good direction. And for me, I had never miscarried so late. So I felt like once I got past the sort of six, seven, eight week mark, I felt like, okay, like not, not that anything is done because to me, until you're like holding the baby, sure, it's not over. But I felt pretty confident that hopefully the pregnancy would at the very least last.
0: and obviously they have no explanation no, why I no assume. explanation
1: yeah. you know we did a dnc everything came back normal but to me again like when people ask was it normal i feel like i guess for me it comes down to faith like i believe that for whatever reason like this wasn't going to come to pass there's a lot you can't see when you test you yeah, know after well, dnc yeah, when we do the
0: genetic testing it's it's really literally the tip of the iceberg right and so there are a lot of common things that would cause miscarriage but there's so many things either we we don't test for, or can't test right. for, or don't even know about. Right. And there, I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong. Yes. <laughs> that even when the testing comes back, quote unquote, normal, that does not mean this was like a perfectly normal baby exactly. that for whatever reason missed that. Exactly. And again, it also doesn't mean there was something wrong with the mother or the uterus of course, or anything. So, of you know, again, this is a different uterus. No, and that's what I yeah. just,
1: I, you know, again, I had a really hard time coming to grips with that. And But like for anyone who was like, oh, it could have been a healthy baby. I'm like, I don't know. I don't I never felt that way. I just always sort of felt like this was a pregnancy for whatever reason gone awry. It was very hard to move on from. And like I said, now I feel so you know fortunate, at least to be in a position where I can help other people who have gone through things like this to see like whatever your route is from here on in, whether you decide to go forward or you decide I don't want to do this anymore, that, you know, it's okay. And I've been there and there's. so many, so many women who I've spoken to who say, like, I've never spoken to someone who could relate so closely to what I'm going through. Right. And so, yeah, and like that's my way now of taking that pain and I guess paying it forward. I had a great therapist who really helped me through all yeah, of this. It's, it's,
0: um, it's it, you really grapple with serious stuff, and these emotions, and you know, it's, it's just, it's very dark. Yeah, <laughs> as you said, it it's was very hard. And and no, I agree, and I think that you know this this podcast doesn't replace talking to someone one-to-one, obviously, and really, you know, having a relationship and talking, but it's, it's a start. It's for people to, you know, hear what you went through and they can relate to that. And for those who has nothing to do with them, it's just a interesting, but B also, they may have a family member or a friend who's going through this. And when they say, Hey, I'm thinking of this, it's not a total mystery to them right. either. You're like, right. Oh, I know what's going on. Right. I, I sort of understand this. So you did ultimately decide to use a different carrier. And did that take as long? Was it the same process? No,
1: it was not. Thank goodness. You know, we sort of got to the top of the list having been (laughs) through this to get to the start at the bottom again. And this carrier, her name was Katie. She, I guess, lucky for me, had matched with another family and it, for whatever reason, wasn't working out. What the agency said at the time and I think was true was that like this for this couple, they felt like it was moving too fast. They weren't exactly sure if they wanted to do it or not. She had already been medically screened, which was great because that cut time off also. And the agency said like, we have this woman, she had already matched with someone, but it doesn't look like it's going to work out. Would you want to talk to her? Originally, I had wanted someone to be in Colorado because I felt like, you know, they would be with CCRM for their first 10 weeks. I could trust them. I was like, who knows where you go in the country? What doctors, it's not Dr. Fox monitoring these people. I know she should be so lucky. Oh. So anyway, so she was in Milwaukee. You know, I just at this I've point been to Milwaukee. Like, I know. Yeah. I know you have. We spoke to her and she was wonderful. And just like you said, you know, she just talked about how much she loves her children and how she can't imagine having her children. At the time, she had three boys. She's gone on actually after the twins to have another boy and just had a girl. Really, God bless her. She's superwoman. But she was lovely. And she talked just a lot about family and how she really wanted to do this because she had good pregnancies and she felt like she could give back to another family. And we really clicked. Like we really connected on the phone. As funny as that sounds, you know, we never would have crossed paths if not for this. And we have such a special like relationship and friendship. And a lot of it now doesn't even have to do with the twins, just has to do with life.
0: Your paths crossed. Exactly. And now you're intertwined.
1: So she was great. And we were like, we're ready to go. Like, let's move on.
0: Right. So what happens? She flies out to Colorado. Yes. Okay. That's what
1: happened. So she had already been screened. So that was great. And then, yeah, she goes to Colorado for a transfer. I said to her at the time, like she said, are you going to be coming here and visiting? And I really just tried to say, I've been through a lot. I'm damaged. And (laughs) (laughs) we we are not going to be. I am broken. (laughs) I am broken. And I said like, in my head, I was like, I'm gonna keep my distance, I'm gonna see what happens. obviously we didn't really keep our distance right. but um I said, like I'll come for a twenty week appointment if we get to the anatomy scan and there's a pregnancy,
0: yeah, I'll be there that but- could see it's different it's hard to invest yourself in exactly. the same way you almost if you're detached until like, until this is really happening yes yeah okay when yes. did you find out it was twins
1: so she had her transfer I remember that phone call oh my gosh <laughs> I was I was so excited and also freaking out, but I also felt very, very sure that they both wouldn't make it. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like I had always been transferring one embryo at a time because that was the safer thing to do. In fact, I remember another conversation you and I had Mm -hmm. when you said like, I know you want a big family, but this is not like the best way to do it. Transfer one. And -hmm. that was with the first carrier. And if it works, then you'll do this again. But you talked to me a lot about how high risk a twin pregnancy was and, you know, it wasn't even my body, you said. Like, you know, there's just a lot that goes into this. And I really did. It was like one of those right. conversations that was very clarifying right. for me.
0: Right. It's like my COVID prediction. I was totally yes, on board. Totally. With, yeah, you I got were, that one you right. Were,
1: you are. And now I have twins. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I transferred one and then transferred one this again. This podcast, I'm
0: just going to title oh, Fox the Idiot. All right. That works. I'll take it. <laughs> no, that's not
1: true. It's not true. Everyone's wrong sometimes. Anyway, so then we transferred two thinking like, okay, well, hopefully somebody will make it to the end of this. Right. So... When we heard two heartbeats, yes, I was—I mean, completely anxiety ridden, sitting there waiting to see what was going to happen. And then when they saw two heartbeats, I mean, I was obviously ecstatic. But again, ecstatic, like not jumping up and down and dancing sure. anymore. And even my family, like I would right. say to my sisters and my brother, like, "Okay, she's pregnant." We like said it like that. Okay. Right. It's,
0: you're like, right? You're like not even at the point no. where you could be cautiously no. optimistic. We were just like, you're okay. just, you're just like. Cautiously, Someone's always
1: pregnant and let's see what happens, which is sad. Clock is
0: right twice a day. You're like that. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. Just like, all right. So matter of fact, we weren't crying. Like the first time I was pregnant, years before, you know, you're crying and screaming and this is not that experience at all. And I didn't even know, like I said, when, when this comes to pass, when there's a baby or two babies. Right.
0: How did Katie feel about the fact that it was twins? Would you think it was Was, was I it like think a hoot she for was her?
1: freaking out. Like <laughs> now in retrospect, even she would say, I cannot believe I carried two babies. I would never do that again. <laughs> and really, God bless her. When they were born, they were born seven pounds and six one. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a, a lot, lot of baby. baby 13
0: plus pounds. That's Almost as baby. big as Garrett was. <laughs> L- oh,
1: a lot. But yeah, so everyone was happy. We were all happy.
0: And you did go to that 20 week appointment. So
1: yes. Yeah, so and I was, it
0: was, did it feel pretty real at that point. I mean,
1: yes, I I met that was the first time I met her and it was great. And we sat in that appointment and yes, like you see two babies on the screen. But again, being like a she would say that I was a nervous wreck. Like she didn't used to call me from in the appointment because she said they didn't want you to use your phone when you're in the office. And I would be like texting her, hello, hello, is any, are they alive? Is everything okay? Are, <laughs> are they,
0: are they alive? Something, yeah. <laughs> just give
1: me something. Tell me it's okay. And it, you know, then like 15, 20, 40 minutes feels like yeah. forever when you're like laying flat on your bedroom floor, just waiting to hear any kinds of news. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so the 20 point was amazing. And you really see two babies on an anatomy mm-hmm. scan. Yeah.
0: How'd you like Milwaukee?
1: I liked it. I didn't see that much of it. I was there for like a day.
0: Midwest, people are nice out there. I, very. Very friendly oh, folks. If
1: you saw the hospital there, you would you would only deliver. I mean. It's the
0: Midwest. Everyone's really nice. Oh they good gosh. morning to you. Oh, they ask you how you're doing. I mean, you're coming from New listen, York. You, you probably just put think, pepper spray at no, them. No, Why is no, this person no. talking to me? It's not
1: true. New York gets a bad rap. I know, <laughs> I, I know,
0: I know. A know, lot know. of good
1: New Yorkers. But yeah. I will say, yes, you go there. I mean, even in the hospital, there's a queen size bed in every room and it's, like, gorgeous and huge. And here you like give birth in a closet. I mean, yeah. And that's what it is.
0: Yeah. It toughens us up. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think you're right. Um, But yes, it was great. We met them. We went to this appointment. We went for lunch. It, it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, and still, I'm, you know, like, waiting for them to get to a point where, like, are they going to both be born? Are they going to both be healthy? Are they going to make it till the end? So- yeah. Yeah. Now I am cautiously optimistic at that point. Yeah. I mean, now it's still... like, now,
0: I mean, now it's not miscarriage that's, no. that's sort of, it's just in general, twin pregnancies are always, you know, to some degree, they're high risk and now they can be born early and nick you. I mean, you're yes. thinking, you know, yeah, things can go wrong yes. with a twin yes. pregnancy, yes. obviously. And yes. so, but you're sort of like at the baseline level. I am.
1: Of, I was at the plus baseline. your
0: damaged goods. So <laughs> I damage. Yeah. Okay. And so then, it, did you go to more visits as you got closer towards the end or no?
1: So believe it or not, that was it. I came home and I told her, you know, hopefully I'll be here when right. the babies are born. Uh huh. And that was actually the next time that we went back.
0: Was it um, a C-section or were they born vaginally? No, they were
1: born vaginally. And was
0: was she induced or did you did you get a call? I'm in labor. Head so on she over. she had
1: never gone into labor. And uh-huh. we did get a call at three, four o'clock in the morning. And she said her water broke and right. went, come now. And that is really what we did. I literally went onto the computer and booked us tickets to, you couldn't really fly straight into Milwaukee because there was like one flight a day. We had to fly to Chicago mm-hmm. and then Uber yeah. to Milwaukee. Yeah. And it's not so far. It was not so far no. at all. Yeah, it was Chicago just full nerve wracking. It's not
0: as far as you would think it is.
1: No, it was, yeah. it was great. And I mean, Andrew was like right. freaking out and right. he, like, you're grand- aware that,
0: the uh, happy days took place in Milwaukee. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good. All right. Yes. No, they used so to go three, to Chicago on the I mean, big nights. I've yeah. only
1: seen really like I think an Applebee's, the doctor's office, and the inside of a hospital.
0: That's all there is. Oh, and I went
1: to a sushi restaurant. That's that.
0: That's all there is, and that's that's it basically.
1: Oh no, God!
0: Sushi, <laughs> all the all the fish. However, they come out of Lake Michigan. So that's all you get.
1: <laughs> so that was it. So, we, so you, we and you and you made
0: it in time. We booked
1: our flight. We were you know texting her on the airplane. I actually um, I was so lucky because one of my sisters was able to come at my parents. So I called them right away and my parents and my sister like booked the nine o'clock flight. I was like, Oh my God, is there any way this is all going to happen? She was dilating quickly. I was on the airplane sort of just getting myself used to the idea that like, okay, if she gives birth, it's fine. I'll be okay. And I might not be there and I might be there and whatever it is, it is, um, you know, that's sort of out of your control. Also. Was the
0: plan for you to be like in the room when she delivers? Yes. So she was good with that. You were good with that. Yes. Was that it going to be just you or was, no Is was, someone from her family going to be there so her also. Her husband
1: was going to be with uh. her and me and Andrew. And they, um, they were
0: good with that? The hospital was yes, good with that?
1: Yes, the hospital was wonderful. Again, when you go to states and places where this is more the norm, sure, they're like very right, much- Right, because they, ha-
0: they have gestational carriers yes, delivering them yes. more frequently. So they
1: weren't like, oh, gosh, what yeah. should we do? Like, even when we stayed, we stayed in the hospital next door to Katie.
0: Oh, they had a room for you? Yes. So oh, basically, basically so the nice. baby
1: stayed with me at night, and like, she was just getting better on her own, and I had the babies with me as if I had given birth to them.
0: That's amazing. And
1: it was amazing.
0: Right. And so what was the delivery like? Because you're, oh, you're- It to was- watch- I mean, I I know what it's like as a father, obviously, but for a mother to watch her baby being born was insane.
1: It was, it was, I mean, the whole day for everything that had ever gone wrong up to this point, Mm -hmm. this day was like clockwork. November
0: 22,
1: November 22, we got there. Same
0: birthday as the Fox twins. I know
1: (laughs) it's really, it's their soul. It's meant to be, it's meant to be. We got there. She was still, you know, waiting and dilating with the doctors checking on her and then Really, as soon as my parents and my sister got to the hospital, they came in to say, like, we got to go. We're going to go into the ER. Garrett was there with us. So he went to wait in the waiting room with my parents and my sister. We went in. And I mean, it's crazy because you're also watching a birth, but you're fully with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sort of when you're having a C-section or I'm, I've never given birth actually, right, but when right. you are, you're like pushing and doing and in a sort of another, this is like, you're fully with it and it's scary. And it's a
0: different angle. Yeah.
1: Different angle (laughs) altogether. So the first one came out, thank goodness. Easy. One, two, three. I actually cut the cord, which I like very vaguely remember.
0: That's so cool.
1: It was great. The next one was breach. And all of a sudden, like doctors and extra medical staff started coming in and I was then like laid out on the floor saying, what is wrong? Is everything okay? And they started saying like, if you don't hear him cry right away, don't get nervous. Yeah, and yeah. I, of course, I'm going to this place. I'm like, oh my God, right. is this how this
0: Right. They pulled, they pulled him out feet first? They did. Yeah.
1: Which you told me about also. You yeah. said, well, if they're good at it, what they could do is they shouldn't have to do a C-section if that's what happens. Yeah. That is, I mean, it was yeah. not great to watch either. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was not. But- it's,
0: it's it's a little gory. It was gory. Yeah.
1: Anyway, we won't get into detail. Okay, but thank. Goodness. But it's great
0: she didn't have to have a C section. She Didn't have a C section, which she
1: felt very strongly about. Yeah. She kept making me nervous because she would say, "I don't want to have a C section." Yeah. section. I was like, "Listen, yeah." However, this has to happen. Yeah. Like we got to get these. No, if the, doc- out the, right if the way. doctors
0: are are you know have the skill and they know what they're doing. Then yeah, it's not it's not safer for her. It's not safer for the babies to have a C section. It's fine. You it's deliver them vaginally as long as the first one's head down. Uh, so they did the right thing.
1: They did the right thing. Yeah. And thankfully, they were both. They didn't, he didn't cry right away and yeah. had, I don't know, yeah, the yeah. Apgar, like his first Apgar was like Whatever. horrific. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. But then was fine and yeah. he was a little purple, but he changed color.
0: It's all good, and all temporary. And then
1: really within minutes, like we were holding these babies, I ran out to the waiting room to tell right. my parents and Garrett and my yeah. sister that we had two boys, which also I didn't know. Oh, you didn't, I was going s. you did didn't know there were going to be know. boys. I did not know. Wow.
0: Oh so that God. was
1: funny, like packing up, like. Closed for two girls, Closed if it was two boys, Closed if it was yeah. a boy and a girl. But like, I really didn't want to know. Right.
0: And, you know, you have to have all these boy names, all these girl so names. So that's what you we gotta, did. Yeah, you have a list. We had a list <laughs> of
1: pairs of everything. And we changed it even as we were sitting there in the hospital. But yes, it was, I mean, it was everything you imagine. It was amazing. And it was just, they were here and they were healthy. And thank God, like all the things that I had worried about had not come to pass. Mm-hmm. We stayed in the hospital for literally 48 hours. They flew home on JetBlue. Like, I mean, at the beforehand, people like, are you going to fly private? Are you going to drive them home? And I said, I don't know. I I guess if they need that, like if they're in a NICU, like they were twins. I guess if I have to stay there for weeks, I'll do whatever I have to do. But at the end of the day, the pediatrician there, my own pediatrician said, listen, they're fine. They have immunity. They'll fly home. They literally, like. I went to the airport with two right. day old twins. They what's well, nice on
0: JetBlue, they were also able to watch you know TV on they the way did. home. It's great. They, know, I
1: think I really well, they slept. You know they were so little. Yeah, they, slept. they I watched a movie. I was like, if this is what twins are like, I'm like, this, I haven't made in the shade. <laughs> it was not so. <laughs> I was not so.
0: Wow. Well, two days and you brought them home. Amazing. Yeah. I remember seeing you at the office. Whatever it was like a, a week later, you come in. I was like, you look great. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it's no. We were I saying was, that you get to you get to go to you know, have the briss of your twin boys yep. and you're wearing your skinny you, jeans. You
1: are skinny, as that's, skinny. That's a selling point. Yes. A <laughs> lot of people did say that to me. Is this why you did this? This is not why. But it was really to hit the ground running, having not given birth to babies. Yeah, it was nice.
0: I, I'm curious. So now that they're, you know, they're four plus do, does it even cross your mind anymore that they're carried by a surrogate gestational care? Is it, is it even like you even think about that really? I mean, day to day.
1: So for me, I really don't. Their older brother is five years older than them he will often tell them that they should be Milwaukee Bucks fans because that is where they are from.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so Garrett knows the yes. whole thing. Yeah.
1: He knows. And again, that was like, it was recommended that I be honest with him. And when he was five, he was totally cool with it. Right. Um, I feel like now as he gets older, there's obviously, it's a little bit harder to understand. But, you know, again, it's for a whole nother podcast. But yeah. Sort of just the idea of like a little bit of me and a little bit of daddy. And they're just going to sort of be in her yeah. body until they're ready to come out. Uh, for now, is sometimes easier than right to describe like how real babies are made. Yeah, absolutely. Honest. Like that's yeah. like much more PG. Yeah,
0: it's like a recipe. You exactly. know,
1: exactly. <laughs> Make a little a bee, little b, bee, you put it in there, and then they yeah. come out.
0: It's all good. Do the twins know? Do they have any? So yeah.
1: it's funny. Again, a therapist who I worked with while Katie was pregnant, because I really was so nervous, really suggested like. Being honest as early as possible. And she really talks to me a lot about not keeping secrets and that when kids find out things later in life, whatever that may be, that it feels like something has been kept from them. Right. And so, you know, when they were one, two, like three, they didn't really say anything. And then in the past year, maybe in the last six months, one of them asked me, like, when we were in your belly, what were we like in your belly? And I said, I very just vaguely told them, like, you weren't in my belly. We have this amazing woman in our life who... Carried you until you were ready to come out and I said the doctors don't know why but mommy's body couldn't hold you and we knew we wanted to have a big family right and so you know, Katie carried you in her belly and then when you came out you were all ours you're part of our family and we took you home. And so now and then they'll say something about Katie, which is just so funny. Yeah, like, where is Katie? Like, yeah. when were we in her belly? Where? Were... But I think that the fact that I've even just exposed them to that, hopefully, yeah. Well, at this day... point,
0: it's not weird for them because right. they're four. That's what what do they know? You know, they don't. That's what
1: I'm saying. Yeah. I feel for like all one they day, know, they were kept weird. in a
0: Volvo for you know for forty weeks, like whatever. You know, <laughs>
1: at some point it'll be weird. I mean, the funnier thing yeah. is that my older son for a long time like didn't even understand that most children come from their own mom. Like, right. He would tell my sisters. Like, so how many of your kids did you have in your belly? Yeah. Because he just felt like this was normal, which I think speaks a lot just to kids in general and how accepting they are of yeah, it's different. Yeah, they don't care.
0: No, they don't care. We're, we're the strange ones. A hundred percent. It's all the, we're the problem. We are. You know, the kids are not the problem. Kids are
1: happy to accept whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's how you came. You were carried in her body. Great. Like what's for lunch? Yeah. We go for ice cream now. Yeah. They don't, they don't care.
0: What do you think you would have done if, gestational carrier wasn't an option. I'm just thinking back. Do you think you would have continued trying on your own? Or you think you just would have been like, you know, I'm out. This is too much.
1: I don't know. I think, again, at, at everyone comes to their breaking point at a different point. So it's hard to say how much longer I could have gone on doing this. And I was at the same time as this was happening, trying to also get to the point where I said, you know what? Thank goodness. We're parents. We have a child. We're so lucky in so many ways. And if this isn't, you know, to be, then it won't
0: be. You could have reached that point of sort of contentment. That I tried I as hope, hard as I could, and I, have I a beautiful hope. Trial. I mean, who
1: knows? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Again, like in my head, each time it didn't work with my first carry, I felt like, okay, I cannot do this anymore. One more time, and then I'm out. Right. I mean, I don't know. I also was getting older, so that was going to be part of it. Also, that I wasn't going to keep doing retrievals till I was, you know, fifty eight. Right. Right. I mean, maybe you can now, but I don't know. <laughs> I
0: don't know. They certainly will bill I you know for know. it. Yes, so that's for sure. <laughs> How much money do I have to give to this cool craft guy? I know <laughs>
1: a lot. A lot. <laughs> I know. a lot.
0: He loves you. He
1: does. I think I'm his number one patient. There's a
0: plaque on the wall. You know. (laughs)
1: Exactly. This This, wing. Exactly. (laughs) Funded by. (laughs)
0: Donated by the Cules, you know.
1: Gosh.
0: (laughs) Wow. I mean, looking back now, you have, I mean, you have your family. You have three beautiful children. You're, I mean, you're living the dream. Big picture, looking back on this whole story, uh, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, it's crazy what you went through. But ultimately- you sort of got your dream.
1: I did. I did. I really, I do, I feel that way. I feel like, you know, not everyone is so lucky and I recognize that. So I'm very cognizant of, you know, being careful in who I, what I say when I talk to different people about fertility. Looking back, I like easily tell you, I do it all again. Mm -hmm. Even though when I tell the story to you or to someone for the first time and go through like 2004 till 2016, I really do wonder how, how it happened, how, how I did it, how all these people in my life who love me so much really, really cheerleaded for me like in highs and lows. And I think that is a lot of why I was able to do it. I'm lucky to have been born, I think, like optimistic and sort of having faith and hope. And so mm-hmm. even when you feel like you can't go on, you keep going. No, looking back, I can't believe it happened. I still look at the three of them. I mean, mostly when they're sleeping and really just for any, I think, parent or people in general, how time passes and how people say like days can be long, but the years are short. Yeah. I can't believe how much time has gone by and how like all of that happened and they're all here and they are definitely crazy and wild a lot now, I'm especially. Sure.
0: Well, I mean, you have three boys, really you know, something. It's, 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 you're in the thick of it. It's something. I mean, yeah.
1: They're crazy. And it's still, I have that bit that I think that fertility world gave me, which is that I am still find myself all the time just being so, that I get to do this. Like, no matter how much laundry I have to do, no matter how many right. dishes are dirty, and like my house is really upside down, mm-hmm. I feel like there was so much time that I was just like, I wish I had baby clothes. I wish I had, you know, a yes. messier. I wish there were more people to take care of. And even right. times when Garrett would ask me, Am I ever going to be a big brother? That I like really broke my heart because right. I just felt like we're trying and we're doing everything we can. And so I think my my overarching theme is, is really gratitude, even though I think in this world, that sounds very cliche. I really do feel that.
0: It's not cliche. I mean, it's why, why is it cliche? I mean, you have a lot you're, you're, you're fortunate in a sense. You, you, you're unfortunate that you go through all of that craziness and like, you know, horror to get to this point. But yeah, you look at the things in your life that are amazing and to be grateful for. And absolutely. And I think you have a lot to be grateful for, and I think that that's that's a, a you know that's a terrific attitude. You talk to a lot of people now. You're someone that people I call do. when they're concerned. How often does is, is that happen now?
1: I mean, a lot. I feel like now I have maybe three or four women I'm talking to right now who are at different points. Like right. Some, you know, one has a carrier who's pregnant. One is thinking about a carrier. One actually mm. has a carrier who just unfortunately had a loss. Mm. But I think that I really feel so passionate about being in this world because I think that for some people, which is, again, totally fine. Everyone's different. They get past this point in their life and just feel like I want to put that behind me. Like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I have my family now. I'm good to go. and right. Just leave that chapter behind. I feel like I do have a happy ending. I went through a lot of really hard moments and i really like it's not so common that people know people with a carrier or had a really good experience with a carrier right right. so anyone who knows anyone like will say you know i heard that you use a carrier do you mind if my like camp friend's sister calls you she's at this point in her fertility journey and she never spoke to anyone who did this um like again when people say like oh my Someone starting IVF, like I'm not your man because i a really depressing story for someone who's like like, IVF sucks. I'm (laughs) like, oh, don't worry, like you too could be pregnant in six years. Like that's not a great story, (laughs) but for someone who has been through all the rigmarole,
0: you got three hundred thousand dollars.
1: Oh my god, (laughs) no problem. Great, but for someone who's been through it and like they've gone through a lot and they're ready for this step, I I hope that I can like make this a normal right experience for them and and give them hope that again we don't know, but hopefully. You know, if you hang in there and things align, like good things can happen.
0: And so people find you as word of mouth, friend of yes, a friend of a friend yes, or whoever. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. And do, does the agency sort of keep people's names around? I'm just you know, curious. Yeah. I don't
1: know. The woman who I worked at the at the agency has since left. Um, uh-huh. So I'm not so connected to them. The doctor's office actually, CCRM, one of yeah. the nurses I spoke to, and she said, I have a woman who I think would love to talk to you. Are you open to that? And I- felt so flattered and so happy. And she actually just had a daughter also. Yeah. So that's really the only way. And my pediatrician had given me someone also, you know, but not so much through the agency.
0: When you're talking to people who are considering this, what is it that you think they should know? Maybe that you didn't know, or you wish you knew what is the most common thing you're helping them with?
1: So I think the most important thing I would say to anyone, probably just in life, but uh-huh. definitely going through fertility or this is just that you are your own best advocate. Uh-huh. I think that too often we like say like the doctor will take care of it or like the lawyer's taking care of it. And I think that in a lot of situations, I felt like I had to look out for my best interest. And even when it came to like finding a second carrier and they were like, OK, we don't know how long that'll take. We'll put you on the list. Or I had spoken to someone before we found Katie and. Like I knew she wasn't right for me. I had that feeling there were a couple of things that just didn't match up and the agency sort of tried to say like, okay, well, if you don't take her, you know, it could be like weeks and weeks or months till we find you someone. Like, and that's what I say to people. Like if you feel in your gut something and you feel strong, like you you really do have to stand up for yourself, be strong about what you think. I mean, we're New Yorkers and so yeah. we don't have that problem so much.
0: You're actually New Jerseyites right now.
1: We are. That's true. We're New Jerseyites. We're <laughs> Sorry from, to break we're it to We're from you. New Jersey and yeah. New York. And so I think that we probably have less Of an issue being assertive. Right. And even some things that I dealt with Katie. Like when I went to the 20-week scan, she said to me, like, I'm really sorry, but they only allow two people in the ultrasound room. And I said, okay, well, Andrew's coming with me. And she said, oh, well, my husband wants to be in there. So, like, really only one of you can probably be in the room. And I was like, um... We'll see about that. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I said, uh, (laughs) could I have like the number of the office? And she said, no, no, this is their rule. And again, I was like, okay, that could be their rule. But how often do they have carriers who are flying from or whatever, like intended parents who are flying from New York? You know, we want to be in the room. Like I appreciated that she wanted support. She didn't know us. She had never met us. Yeah. I, who knew what this was going to be or how I was going to be. But again, like, had we just sort of accepted, I don't know, maybe that's a bad trait, but had I accepted that no was an answer, that would have met But they were so kind. When I called and spoke to like the supervisor of the office, she just said, well, just make sure your appointment is the first of the day. We just don't want other patients to feel yeah, yeah. like, you know, we make exceptions. And I understood all of that. And I was not looking like, yeah. A really like special treatment but I said to her basically if there's anyone else there with a carrier who brought their husband to their first appointment like you should let them in also yeah. but just knowing like it's okay people are people and sometimes if you if you do say what you think or which one in a very kind way I don't think yeah. I was ever I don't think abrasive or I didn't bully anybody I don't just, think
0: you can be I don't, I, I don't I, think it's I don't I, think, I think I you have it in not, you to be a but bully just like,
1: stand up for what you want and what you right. think and what you believe, whether it's the agency or the lawyer or the doctor or the carrier, you know, the doctors also like people had said to me who have had carriers said, Oh, I have a hard time getting in touch with the doctor. So you know what you call this office and you say that there will be like, I'd like to talk to this person. This is my baby or babies. And I have some concerns and thank goodness. I always had a good experience just saying what you want and putting it out there. And You know, so I think that that's probably the most important thing. Usually what we talk about a lot when I talk to women Mm -hmm. is more like the feelings that you have going through it. How do you relinquish control? Were you worried about what she was eating? Were you worried about, you know, how the separation would be after the baby came? A lot of the emotional piece of... And again, it's so different for everyone. For me, I was very, very lucky. And even being lucky, I was anxious a lot of the time. You know, I didn't talk to her a lot about like, so what are you having for dinner tonight? I just accepted that this was part of it and hopefully the babies would be okay, whatever that looked like. I made sure she was very careful in terms of not having caffeine or, you know, seeing her doctor when she needed to, like she was really on top of everything. So I really didn't worry in that way. But a lot of it is just, how'd you feel going into it? How'd you feel when she was pregnant? How'd you feel at the next appointment? What about as it got closer to the birth? You know, did you, did I feel angry that I wasn't the one carrying them? So I didn't, but I have friends who would say they're still dealing with like, how hard it was that they carried one but couldn't carry their second pregnancy. Right. I, I'm lucky. I, I don't know. I don't have that guilt. I feel like maybe I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe one day they'll make me feel bad about it. Like right. the two of them will team up on me and be like it's not right. You carried him but not us. I don't know. Um, I just didn't want to carry you. I know. You're like gonna... you're like boys I
0: got two words for you. Skinny jeans. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> no, that's I don't so you know, that's a lot of what we talk about is like you know, less of the logistics and more of just how you feel going through it.
0: It's an unusual thing, obviously, yes, and is. so people have to wrap their heads around it and they wrap their heads around it differently. Yes. And some people, again, they're they're like, "Yeah, I'm on board. This yes. is fine. This yes. is great." And others are like, "This is like the strangest thing ever," yes. and and everything in between. Of course, it's all normal. It's just people yes. have to you know grapple with this, and it's 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 not unique to gestational carriers. I mean, people use egg donors and yes. sperm donors, and people adopt, and there's all these ways people build their families, and that aren't quote unquote traditional. Right. Okay. Great. You know, but it's, there may be lingering, you know, thoughts that people have about that and you work it out. I mean, what else are you going to do? That's, you know, you have to, you know, you have to work it out in some way.
1: That's it. And hopefully the abnormal becomes more normal. Yeah. That is as much as, I mean, I'm not really on social media, but I think the nice thing, like you said about people being out there and talking about whatever it is, surrogacy, egg donors, anything that's going on in the world right now. the, The positive I think is that hopefully the more people, that people see doing things that would have been considered weird. Yeah. It then becomes, you know, less weird, a little more normal. Yeah. And so, yes. Is it strange that someone's carrying your baby or babies across the country? It's strange. On the other hand, like I didn't tell anyone, you know, that there were even anyone coming until I told, I told Garrett, I think at around 34 weeks, maybe. Mm. And until then, I hadn't told anyone like in my world other than my very, very closest friends and family. Right. And apparently me. You're in that group. I felt like friends. I was providing
0: prenatal care for this woman I never met. You were.
1: I, yeah. I am telling you that I texted you. I think I just sent it to you recently, a screenshot. I texted you from the airplane and I said, like, oh my God, she is um, like six or seven meters dilated. What is that? Hopefully mean? centimeters. That's right. Yeah. Oh my God. Six but meters no. dilated.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> we're going we're, we're, we're to drive a speedboat out of there. All right.
1: Six or seven centimeters. And and I said, what does that mean? And you wrote, and it still could make me cry, it means that you're going to be the mother of twins very soon. And it really...
0: What I wanted to write was, it means why the hell am I not on the flight with you I delivering these you, babies? That would have been so cool.
1: I think I begged you to come and you said maybe you'd like go visit your sleepaway camp while you yeah. were there. And then... When I texted you that morning, you weren't like, oh, good, get me a ticket. So I felt like that was just uh, like, I'm they at- wouldn't
0: They would not have let me in the hospital okay. for good reason. They're like, yeah, some guy from out of state wants to just go in and deliver this woman's twins. I think
1: we could have yeah. made it work, but it didn't. The, it's the, okay. That would
0: be the assertive person. Yeah, you. exactly. Yeah, this guy's delivering He's these fine. babies. Yeah. He
1: will be doing the delivery. No, I mean, that's it. It was so nice not to tell anyone. They were like, well, but just like anything else, you can find the good and bad in anything. And this, yeah. I feel like, you know, you found the good in it.
0: It's amazing. What a story. Melanie, amazing. I love talking to you. I love seeing you. It was amazing. I forget about you going through it, just me going through it. It was I was so happy for you because I know how much you wanted this and not to the same degree, but all your heartache with with your trials and tribulations to get pregnant was my heartache because I'm seeing you go through this and how horrible it is for you. And then to see the pregnancy, you're like, She's 20 weeks, she's 24 weeks, 28 yes. weeks. And literally I felt like I was This woman's doctor. I never met her, never saw these kids, and do their ultrasound. But I felt like, oh my god, I've got twins under my care. I'm like Mel, you know, Melanie's pregnant, and they're like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, she's, you know, whatever. They're in Milwaukee, but you know, Melanie's got twins coming, and so we're talking all the time, and you know, it's almost like having prenatal visits during the time. No, it was, and I have Um, to say, but it was awesome. You were always.
1: So so supportive and so helpful, and I felt like
0: I didn't have to do anything. It, was it didn't great. matter.
1: It gave me <laughs> comfort knowing that I could call you and ask you about anything medical that was going on, and 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 more. And I felt like you really did take such good care of me. And I knew that you were going through it with me. And that just, you know, again, having people in your corner has like a lot to do with how you go through anything. So yeah, I, w- I wish you. we could
0: do this in New York. I mean, I wish I don't I I heard that they're changing the law. I, that and, is that, what it sounds and then maybe like. one day we'll be able to take care of the carriers and this and which it's would amazing. be really nice for people, obviously, because um, we've never really had carriers under our care. We've had, you know, couples Yes. Who we take care of yes. who are having carers elsewhere. But again, most of the time we have nothing to do with it because, you know, they ask us questions, but it's not really right our patients. But um but yeah, it was it was awesome. Thank you for coming in. This is amazing. And obviously I'm sure our listeners are gonna love this and now you're gonna get Flooded with people who want I to talk to so. you.
1: I hope so. I hope so. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really it was so
0: just so nice to sit with you and talk about it. And hopefully, it'll help yeah. someone. I'm not going to make you put your uh, your contact info on the podcast. But if anyone does want to reach out to Melanie, and ask you could shoot us an email at the podcast, and I'll you know filter them and send them to you, and you could decide. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Thanks <laughs> Thank a lot. You. I'm so glad Melanie came on the podcast to tell her story. She has such a refreshing outlook on life. And hearing her entire story in one sitting really highlighted for me the highs and lows that go along with trying to conceive. While it was happening in real time, in truth, I was mostly an observer. But it did feel like I was Melanie's doctor for the entire pregnancy and delivery. For those of us who have considered or worked with a gestational carrier, or for those of us who simply know someone who is or has been pregnant with a gestational carrier, I know that Melanie's story will resonate. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Healthful Woman podcast. To learn more about our podcast, please visit our website at www.healthfulwoman.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L-W-O-M-A-N.com. If you have any questions about this podcast or any other topic you would like us to address, please feel free to email us at hw healthfulwomancom Have a great day.